You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. We also love and appreciate your support, so giving that extra listen goes a long way. On tonight's podcast, it has been a, uh, a very crazy last 24 hours in the NHL, and that includes Winnipeg hockey as well, so... Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about the game, but first off, I wanted to cover a couple of different things. The first thing that I wanted to do was talk about our wonderful Winnipeg Advent Calendar series, which we've had a couple of episodes already reflecting on the 2014-2015 Jets, the 17-18 Magic Squad, and given that last night's game was indeed Blake Wheeler's 1000th NHL game, I thought it would be cool to reflect a little bit on his career with the Jets and why it's been so special for a lot of fans, even myself who, you know, I have been critical of Blake over the past couple of years, but not because I just like him. It's just age does seem to catch up to everyone eventually, and I think Blake's been especially hit by this. Later on, we'll then actually talk about that 1000th NHL game and the repercussions that are going to follow because there is a lot going on with this, and certainly if you watched any of it last night, you could probably tell there were going to be suspensions. It was that kind of affair against the Maple Leafs. So we'll get to that game in just a bit, but first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about Blake Wheeler, the captain with 1000 NHL games. This, for anyone, is a huge milestone. There aren't many NHLers and professional athletes even that reach a sort of uh, career milestone like this. To make it through a 1,000 NHL games or a 1,000 matches or games of any sport out there, you have to be one of the best. And I think even in Blake's advanced stage, there's still a very valuable player there and somebody who wants to be a leader on and off the ice. And I think Blake does a really good job with both. Um, the only thing with him, of course, is that over the years, it's clear that he just can't keep up with his deployments. And so it'd be nice if the Jets and Blake both agreed to kind of scale that back a bit because... I still think he can play a really pivotal role with this team, and he still does. It's just when it comes to the on-ice side of things, you know, you do notice that decline over the past couple of years, and you don't want him to push himself too hard. It's especially difficult to recover and, and certainly heal up from injuries once you sustain them at a more advanced age. So that is maybe the less positive spin. The happier side of things is that for the time that we did have Wheeler, he was truly one of the greatest forwards the team has ever had. Prime Wheeler was honestly a force to be reckoned with and one of the most powerful skaters I've ever seen. His ability to drive outside and then cut towards the slot from a pretty wide position and then just bully his way to the net. If you've watched Pierre-Luc Dubois, honestly, he might be the closest comparable I've seen to uh, a Prime Wheeler type player on the Jets. There haven't been as many players like Blake because, to be honest, that, that style of game doesn't really hold up over time, especially if your skating starts to tail off. So you do have to diversify and add more, um, I would say, approaches to the game and maybe adapting to the limitations of, of physically slowing down and not being able to play top-line minutes. That said, you know, Blake in his prime, he was a very clear first-line winger and somebody who could drive play and attack the slot 
while creating plenty of offense, showing off excellent distribution skills, and he had a pretty lethal release. Unfortunately, some of that stuff has declined over the past couple of years. I feel like I've noticed his puck handling kind of fading away too. He used to have this amazing puck control, especially while being physically manhandled by other players. This was a guy who was very much not afraid to go into the dirty areas, and because he was so strong and so tall and physical, he didn't really have a problem getting to the slot. But, um, you know, he added that extra layer of skill with that stick handling, the vision, the spatial awareness, all of that made him a really elite forward. And unfortunately, we just didn't see him get as rewarded for that effort until later in his career. We basically recognized just how good he was towards the end of his, his prime years um, before he started to kind of tail off and get to where he is nowadays. As tough as it is to see him decline, it's, it's still very cool that he's been able to be the captain for several years. And I know that the team loves him. The fans really stand behind him. He seems to love the Jets. And whatever his on-ice performance is like, you know, he's one of those guys that you still want to keep around with the team. He seems very dedicated. His family is all uh, very much pro-Winnipeg. Um, we don't really have many players like him that have spent this much time with the franchise. Most of those guys have already left. Wheeler is probably one of the true last holdouts. And in that way, I think he's a very special player. It's not often that you find somebody who is this dedicated to remaining with the team, who wants to be the leader on the ice, who still wants to have that voice in the room. This is uh, this is definitely, in many ways, Wheeler's team, and it will be interesting to see how he transitions out of that over the next few years because eventually he will retire, and it's going to be time for a new young group to step up and take the leadership. You know, Shifley's not as young as he used to be either, and so it would be curious to see what kind of player would, would take, um, take up that mantle for the team. But as it is right now, Blake still seems to be the guy that everyone turns to, I know that the Jets want him to be um, not just a, a player who has a tangible impact on the ice, but somebody who represents the face of the franchise, and I think he's done a really good job of that. Whenever major social issues have come up, you know, Wheeler has always been unafraid to say and speak his mind, and I think he's had very measured and, and intelligent points. I can appreciate that he thinks critically about issues, and he seems to be uh, very willing to address them. Um, and in terms of what I want from a captain, I think he's done everything that I'd ask of a player. Really, it's just uh, it's just tough that his on-ice stuff has kind of fallen off over the years because I would love to have kept him for many, many more playing in that top-line role. But, uh, you know, age does catch up to everyone. But if he were just to kind of move to more like a third-line role, I think he could still be very effective. You know, when that line was with Shifley and Lowry playing third-line minutes while Shifley maybe got a few extra shifts with some of the other players, it was genuinely pretty successful. And so I think in that role... Even if he has to take a step back in, in deployments, he can still be a really pivotal playmaker and an important part of this team. And so I'm thankful that we got to see Prime Wheeler and some of his best years when we did. You know, that, that version of him that we got for many, many seasons, it was a genuine joy. And while he is moving towards retirement, we're going to get to enjoy these last few games that we have with him. Who knows how many more seasons Wheeler wants to play. It's going to be up to him at this rate. But whatever the case may be, he's been a fantastic captain for this team, and I will genuinely miss him. Last night, I will say that uh, in his 1,000th NHL game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you wanted something memorable to come out of that night, you certainly got it. And we'll talk about what exactly transpired on the ice in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why, if you're an employer, you should be partnering with Indeed right now. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner, and that's why you need Indeed. 
Indeed is the hiring partner that gets what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as quickly as possible, because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all with Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. They partner with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Want to get a feel for your candidates? No problem. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests ranging from cooking to coding. Pick what skills matter the most to you, and Indeed will help you match your top talent's abilities faster. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by around 12%, according to Indeed's data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Again, that is Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, last night was Blake Wheeler's 1000th NHL game, and uh, I don't think the captain could have asked for a more memorable outing for the Jets. And this one came against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now, if you've been watching the last few seasons of Toronto versus Winnipeg, these teams kind of hate each other, and it's really funny. There's like this weird, I don't know if it's like an inferiority complex or something, but like Toronto fans always feel like the Jets somehow threaten their reputation or something and that the Jets are inherently dirty, which is kind of funny. Truth be told, I don't think either of these teams are all that dirty anymore. You know, a couple of years ago, the Jets and Leafs both had some questionable players who did some questionable things on the ice. But these days, you know, they generally aren't that physical. Toronto might be a little bit more, but generally not, in my opinion. And like the Jets are not this physically uh, aggressive team either, not so much like they used to be in 14-15. So it's kind of funny. When these teams meet up, it just always seems to devolve into some kind of goonery fest, and that's kind of what we got last night. The Jets were definitely the much faster and more uh, physically aggressive and skilled team that was able to outskate Toronto by a pretty healthy margin. You could tell the Leafs had just played Minnesota the night before on the road, and even though the travel distance from Minnesota to Winnipeg is like an hour at most, it's just... When you play the Wild, it's just a physically exhausting and draining experience. Minnesota's really good, and they play a style of hockey that's very heavy, very aggressive, and very difficult to sort of go on a back-to-back and then walk into Winnipeg and play against a team that's frankly had a couple of days of rest. You could kind of sense that Toronto was already struggling because within the first few minutes of the game, after the Jets had found their skating legs and were kind of dancing around Toronto, the Leafs ended up taking an early penalty, and the Jets actually got a power play goal from Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
I did say a power play goal. Yes, that does exist. We haven't seen the power play strike much this year, uh, but um, Paul Maurice made a few adjustments in the formation and the personnel changes. And so far, you know, it's seemingly hitting pay dirt a little bit more frequently. Wheeler did actually record a primary assist on the goal, so he already had a reward for his 1,000th game, which is pretty cool. And then not too long after that, you know, the Jets were still kind of skating around Toronto, but the Leafs, they're not an easy team to just tamp down and, and control. They were still creating plenty of great counters, even though their defense was really struggling. The forwards definitely seemed to have the skating legs, at least for the first period, and they were creating some really difficult chances for Hellebuck. And then, of course, you know, the Jets did take a penalty because that's what Winnipeg does. And as you would expect, the penalty kill failed to kill the penalty, and Michael Bunting scores. Not, not super great, right? Uh, after that, the Jets just kept skating, though. They didn't really seem too bothered by it. This is a team that has faced a lot of adversity, and after not scoring many goals over the past couple of weeks, they're really trying to push for those offensive opportunities, and it does seem like, at least in this game, they were very fast. I thought that their counters looked dangerous, and there was a chance for them to really dictate the pace of this game. You know, the shot clock was pretty even after the first 20 minutes, but I still felt like, you know, the Jets might actually have a pretty good shot. And I, I don't say that as any sort of slight. I, I genuinely see Toronto, even on a back-to-back, -back, as like a, a Stanley Cup contender. This team is freaking deep. They're really fast. They're really skilled. And they have a ton of firepower to, to muster. But the, the big thing for them was, aside from being on the back-to-back, -back, they did also have Marner out, and they had Joseph Wool in net. I think Wool was from the Minnesota Gophers a couple of seasons ago. I don't know how he's been over the past couple of years. I don't know how many pro games he's had, but last night he definitely looked pretty shaky. I thought his positioning and his crease and his general unsteadiness in handling the puck, it just seemed like he was really struggling. And Winnipeg was testing him from really sharp angles, from very difficult chances, and you just sort of sensed his discomfort. And then in the second period, the Jets just sort of tore Toronto apart, and like that it was like 5-1 in favor of Winnipeg after just uh, 10 minutes or so. I mean, the Jets basically ripped Toronto to shreds. I haven't seen the Jets dismantle a team like this, especially one of this quality in some time. I mean, they've done it like a couple of times this season, but especially over the losing streak, not so much. This, though, was an absolute paddling. You know, he had Andrew Kopp muscling his way up the middle on what should have been a stopped opportunity. Wall just sort of let a squeaker through his five hole. And then uh, about three minutes later, Evgeny Svechnikov wins a two-on-one with Tananato win scores. Multiple two-on-ones were actually created. Toronto just kept giving the Jets these opportunities. And then a couple minutes later, Toronto takes another penalty. Kyle Connor scores a goal so fast that it didn't actually register for about a minute. And then Ehlers on another odd man situation, pots a goal. I mean, it was just a goal scoring fest. Toronto did scratch back two goals after that, but it wasn't really enough to where I think Winnipeg was worrying. And then at the end of the game, Mark Shifley had a power play goal while Hellebuck continued to shut the door and the Jets won 6-3. But after all of those goals, you might think, well, this must be the big storyline, the Jets beating the Leafs, even a tired Leafs team. But no. Uh, there was a lot that happened in this game, especially when it came to some really controversial penalties and non-calls. I'll give my thoughts on the matter in just a moment, as I think it's pretty complicated. But before we dive in, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Or honestly, even better than your favorite candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, and guilt. You get the best of both worlds because it's delicious and healthy. You have so many flavors to choose from. Are you up for raspberry or mint brownie? Maybe cherry or double chocolate? 
You might even be up for cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Don't tell your family your favorite flavor, though. You might just spark a debate at the next family dinner. Built Bars give you that extra energy you need to bust down these mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just stuck standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. Throw one in your jacket or purse because you never know when you'll need it. Make sure to tell Santa to drop a few extra Built Bars in your stocking before the holidays roll around. Whether you want to enjoy your Built Bar plain or even dip it in hot chocolate for an extra gooey flavor, it's the perfect holiday treat. Go to Built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's thoughts on Blake Wheeler's 1,000th NHL game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what a firecracker of a game it was. There was tons of end-to-end action, there were plenty of goals, the Jets won 6-3, but after all of that, it wasn't really the offense and the defense that came into question. You know, when it came down to it, the storylines that everyone will remember are Jason Spezza and Neil Pionk with some Pierre-Luc Dubois thrown in there for good measure. The PLD stuff I'll address first because it's the least complicated. Uh, Dubois actually manhandled Austin Matthews a bit. Matthews, I think, got away with a pretty clear hold on Dubois' stick. I mean, he had it underneath his uh, underneath his arm, and Dubois kind of took offense to that. You know, PLD was already kind of irritated and basically bullied Matthews to the ice, which it, it wasn't a really great look. I know that they teach you to kind of do that stuff, but... Yeah, and, you know, not not exactly the most called-for reaction, I guess. I get Dubois' frustration, and I, I don't think that Matthews was very much in the right there either. But it was super funny that Matthews got called for a roughing. He didn't really respond. He just sort of held on to the stick and did it in such a way that, you know, the refs really kind of missed it. Dubois did have a later incident where he clipped Wool's mask and actually hit him in the head as he was skating by. But this one, I, I don't know if you can really say that much about it. Wool had come very, very far out of his net and was basically at the face-off circles trying to palm a puck away, and Dubois was about to make a play on the puck, but Wool sort of leapt forward and ended up colliding a bit. So that one, you know, it is a little bit sketchy, but I don't know that there's enough to really say anything about the intentions. I just think that was actually a legitimately unfortunate collision. The stuff that definitely got more attention, though, was uh, Jason Spezza and Neil Pionk. Pionk um, was lining up a hit for Rasmus Sandin, right in front of Hellebuck, and Sandin actually did a little bit of a sidestep, just enough to where Pionk didn't really adjust his trajectory, and Pionk, I mean, he didn't really have time to either, and I think he stuck out his leg at speed, which you really can't do. Unfortunately, it was a really ugly knee-on-knee hit, and Sandin actually went down and had to leave the game. He actually has been ruled out for two to three weeks, 
And, uh, you know, Neo actually got a two-game suspension, which I think is is fair and appropriate. If he got a game or two more, I really wouldn't have complained. Knee-on-knee hits just aren't good no matter what anyone says, and you don't want to see that happen, and Neo just needs to know better. All that said, Spezza's response was very bad. He lined Pionk up for a very clear hit, and Pionk had actually slid down to palm the puck away because he lost his stick, and Spezza didn't really pull back. He led with his knee and ended up colliding with what a lot of Leafs fans will say is his chest. I think you could clearly see that um, even if the chest was the very first point of contact, the follow-through actually caught Pionk's head as well. So, you know, it was a pretty ugly hit. And no matter what Spezza was targeting initially, he was definitely looking to pay Pionk back and there might have been intention to injure as well. It was a retaliatory hit, which Spezza knows isn't appropriate. He shouldn't have gone for it. I know that the referees basically screwed that entire game up, and they honestly should be held accountable for what happened, but Spezza can't lose his cool like that, and I think a lot of fans, after they kind of look at that situation, what's happened with Corey Perry and John Tavares when Tavares got knocked out, and they look at this again with cooler heads, they'll agree it was a really nasty hit. I've seen a lot of Leafs fans on Twitter defending it, but... I think a lot of Leafs fans also would say it was predatory and can't happen. And a lot of them have kind of been like, yeah, you know, Spezza was out of line, but the officiating should have gotten the game under control. And on that, we definitely agree. The league is actually throwing the book at Spezza. It sounds like he's going to get a number of games. You know, there was the talk of potentially five or more because he does have an in-person hearing via Zoom. So not a good situation for him. But I think the league does need to make a statement here. You know, even if the referees screw up and don't do their jobs, you just don't want this becoming a situation where players are, are taking matters into their own hands and coming up with plays like these. We can't be upset about CTEs and suicides and mental health and player protection while also condoning what players like Spezza have done. And, you know, Jason, I totally think this was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I think he just lost his cool. I don't think he's a dirty player at all. But he knows better and he knows what he was doing and hopefully he will learn from this. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on everything and whether you think the suspensions that are being handed out are fair, or if you think maybe one party was more at fault for the other, maybe even the refs. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. On tomorrow night's show, we are going to talk about Winnipeg's game against Carolina, which should be pretty difficult. I mean, Carolina is a great team, and hopefully Winnipeg shows up and has a strong outing. That's all the time we've got for tonight, though. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so follow and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!